Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 76 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast, presented by the Hub Chicago. And uh, got a little bit of a kind of free flow and shoot the shit episode for you this week. Thought that intro was about to come through my fucking face. Well, I for, I got that. I got a new mic, and you told me last time I don't not like. I'm probably way too loud right now. If you started this in your car and you had your volume up a little bit too high, I bet you just drove off the road. Jeez, uh, I was giving you shit. I was giving you shit, but yeah, not really a whole lot to. I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but nothing in particular. Just kind of kind of con kind of. Jesus Christ. Wow. Going to kind of be one of those episodes where it's just whatever. Should be a good one. Yeah, we got some semi-structure. You know, we had some ideas we bounced around. And I I still have some ideas in the back pocket in case none of this comes to fruition, you know, with the Rona. Shout out, Corona. No free shout outs. Um, (laughs) No uh, free shout outs. (laughs) Just kidding, all free. Yeah, no, but... um, Anyway, we got some idea. What we're going to talk about today, we're going to lead it off with um, talking about the three big professional sports leagues in America coming back, which is obviously the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. Um, Obviously, the UFC return last week had three shows in a week, so they kind of set the precedent on um, what it will take. NASCAR returned. We had golf in some in some shape or form um, on Sunday, so. We're starting to see soccer over in Germany and shit like that's coming back. So we're starting to see some trends of sports coming back. So basically we wanted to chat about that and how we think the three major sports in America can kind of make make, make a plan to come back essentially. And it really blew my mind today. I tweeted out and put on Instagram polls based on when you guys thought the major league or like the major sports leagues were going to be back even without fans. And it was – a landslide of people saying July or after, which I think is completely not going to happen. It's going to be. So the reason why I don't disagree with that is because we haven't heard anything yet. Cause like these teams, at least there's going to have to be a ramp up period. Like I I believe the question you asked was when are we going to see NHL playoffs back? Okay. One of them was that the other one was when are we, one of the sports leagues going to come back. Okay. Okay. Well, Hopefully we're going to lay it out and Travis and I both have some ideas. We'll kind of bounce them off each other. But first of all, the big news is that the governor of California um, said that sports can start to come back in early June. Um, Texas, the Texas governor said they can come back uh, uh, end of May. I believe he said May 30th. And then the New York governor, governor Cuomo, or how do you say his name? Who's been like, for some reason, the biggest fucking talking head of during this whole coronavirus thing said that they can come back in June as well in New York. So that's possibly the three biggest states saying, yes, professional sports can come back in a safe fashion, which I feel like is a good step in the first, a good first step. 
Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand why they can't come back. I mean, the UFC players are fighting. Like, you are fighting each other, rolling around on each other. In blood. Like fucking Darren Elkins. Like, honestly, these baseball players, I mean, everyone on your team, you're going to be in the same spot all the time. So, as long as everyone passes their test, it's not like you're going to be within six feet from – from someone for 15 minutes on another team ever in baseball. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my thing. Like the UFC did it. Like I'm not really hundred percent positive on NASCAR or how um, Bundesliga over in Germany did it. But you know, the UFC basically they brought all their fighters are fighting that week to Jacksonville, one central location. So all this is going to have to be in a central location. You or test a few different ports. Yeah. Yeah. If you do like different like port cities, which we'll probably talk about. But, like, you bring all the players there. If they want to bring their families, that's fine. But you're going to, as soon as you get there, you're going to go to your hotel room. You're going to be quarantined there. Everyone, including your family, is going to be tested. And, you know, if you pass the test, great. You're uh, able to play. If not, then we'll go from there. But everyone has to pass a test before they can, you know, start resuming activity. And that's what the UFC did. They did have the one fighter that tested positive. Who was it again? I, can't uh, I forgot his name. It was, it was the – first fight of the film. Oh, it was J- Jacare Souza. Oh, Jacare Souza, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so he tested so like he tested positive. He kind of felt sick when he landed. They tested. They hadn't got the results back yet, so on their face off they were far away from each other. They didn't come close. So like just they kind of set the precedent on what the other leagues can do. Um so my only thing is I think the NHL is on a little bit of a tougher scenario because they have so many international players. Yeah. I feel that. I'm just like, I don't know. At this point, what are they're probably out doing things on their own. I highly doubt they're sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah, all I mean, day long, getting their food delivered and shit. I bet they're like go out just to get out of the house. Like, what's the difference? I don't know. I don't understand. But and all these players bitching and moaning these baseball players about how they're not going to play for all this, this reduced pay and all this stuff. Such pussies, man. I think Blake Snell was the one that pissed me off the most last week. I don't know if you saw what he was saying. Oh, I, I, I wrote that down. I mean, also, so I was, his math didn't make sense. Cause he said, uh, he goes, so you want me to play half the season for half my pay. And yeah. then, then on top of that, you want it, you want me to get a 33% um, cut for the, for whatever reason he goes. So basically I make it 25%. Well, buddy, I hate to break it to you, but 50, 50 minus 33, ain't 25%. It's 27%. But anyway, and then he goes, and then on top of that, it's taxed. And like, dude, first of all, like this, you can tell how uneducated he is because he got drafted out of high school. So 50 minus 33, 17%, not thir- not 27 it is. It is something. Shit, my bad. Whoopsies. I'm a, I sound like a dipshit. But anyway, whatever he's saying was it, it, it didn't add up. But they have to come to agreement on some point. Like, why can't the owners? We'll talk about. You want to talk about MLB first, and you want you want to lead into the Major League Baseball? Yeah, sure. Make, I mean, make, it's just stupid. Like, how do you expect to get paid the full amount? There's going to be nobody there. The owners have already are already taking a huge loss on half the season. Yeah. And I mean, like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a scenario where, and this is something that uh, uh, Jeff Passan, the MLB writer, 
uh, I believe he's on Get Up and stuff. He was on the Pat McAfee show this week. He said, like, the public's always going to side with the owners because they want the players to play. So, but I see it from both sides. Like you, like you said, owners are losing money. There's no asses in the seats. There's no concession sales. There's no TV money right now. But I think that's, that's probably the big, more than anything. Yeah, I feel uh, like that's the concession thing. I feel like that's but the big thing for me is like, okay, when they do resume, are the owners going to get their full TV money? Like you know, TV networks pay to get a certain amount of games broadcasted. They're obviously locked into a contract. Are they going to pay their full season's worth to the, to, to, the, to the team? Probably not. Probably not. So, I mean, that's my thing. Like, if the owners and everybody are taking a cut, then shouldn't the players as well? Like, I don't know. Like, you're well, fucking – They already came to an agreement, and now they want to take more off. I don't know. I'm just talking because I'm not sure on specifics, but I'm sure the agreement had, like – some sort of percentage on when they would come back. And that's obviously being pushed back even further. Yeah. So I mean, at this point they're going to play not a lot of games. It just makes you mad. All these players complain like, dude, you're playing a child's game for a living, getting paid for it. Take the money that you're being offered and quit complaining or just well, sit at home. Yeah. Well then you can't run into the issue. I believe that when I was listening to that podcast, they said that uh, if they don't come to an agreement, you're going to have, I think if they said like 135 million, to divide up amongst fucking 1,200 baseball players. Like, that's not – like, do the math now right now. Like, that's not a lot of money per player as to what you're going to get. Million? Yeah, it was something like that. I'm pulling that number out of my ass or something. But if they don't play at all this season, that's all they're going to get to divide amongst the players. Divided by how many players? Like, it was like 1260 That is $107,000 a player. So I'm saying, so this, these guys like Blake Snell, who's a former Cy Young Award winner, bitching about not getting his full salary, like you're going to get a fucking minute fraction of that if you don't fucking nut up and play. I'm sure these, these minor league players are jumping, jumping for joy oh. about the 107000 Don't play, yeah. please. Yeah, they'll play. Like I'd play for that. I'd play for whatever I'm getting. Just like if you love the game that much, get out there and play the damn game. Yeah, and then Blake Snell was saying he's risking his life because of Corona. Like, yeah. dude, no, you're not. They're gonna fucking. Gosh. They're gonna fucking like if I get if I get that, it's gonna infect me forever. Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, it's, dude. it's not. Like, it's not like fucking shingles. It's not gonna come back like <laughs> other year. Yeah, I mean, dude, you're first of all, like you said, they're they're healthy players. Like, we've already known that if you get coronavirus and you're healthy, you're not gonna die. So. Yeah, I mean, would it suck? Yeah, it sucked getting a fucking mega flu, but you're going to get tested as soon as you get there. You're not even going to come in contact with anybody else until you get there, and that's a big thing. So anyway, fuck Blake Snell. Let's talk about the – The craziest thing about the whole coronavirus thing is like how even, I guess, reliable are the numbers anymore because our hometown or county – actual county, our home county recently, obviously opened back up. You can go out to eat. You can do all this stuff and have had no new confirmed cases within the last 10 days. None. Yeah. And so that's, like, yeah. And, 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 and I love that. Like, you know, the Florida opened back up and I don't know specifics on the numbers, but I haven't heard of a big spike in cases in Florida. So, I mean, it, it's coming to the point. You want to get out, get out, let these players play, let sports resume, let everything else resume. Resume with no fans. I, that's fine with me. But anyway, so let's talk about the MLB proposal. So from what I've been reading, like I think like if we can get back on track, we're talking about a July 4th opening day weekend from what everything that I've kind of understood. Um, 
Usually come July 4th, it's right around the all-star break of normal yep. seasons. Yep. That's about halfway through the season-ish, I think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. So why don't you just come back July 4th, no fans in seats at all, plan for it all season long, and just play 82 games. Are you going to have teams travel? For 81 games. No, I would schedule. say since there's 30 MLB teams – you get you could get together. What, what would that be? Eight divisions, I think there is, or ten. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me throw something. What I something I read was like you play you like you have different like pod cities, kind of like you said earlier, and like so you'd have six different pod cities for Major League Baseball. Uh, no, no, th- sorry, three. One for the East, one for the Central, one for the West, um, and if you're in the if you're in the Central pod, you play everybody in your division. And teams from the other division in the AL. So, like, the Cardinals would play all of our normal division opponents and then the Royals, the Twins, the White Sox, um, the Indians, stuff like that. And, obviously, you're going to play more games against your own division, but you're going to put, like, so that way all those teams are there. You can play 82 games that way. Yeah, and then playoffs would obviously look a little different. Would they, though, if you, if you only played 82 games? If you, only, if you cut season in half or 81 yeah. games – then it wouldn't, it wouldn't have to look different. No, I'm just saying, like, I think all teams would go to one city for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Come but that then, time. Then you're thinking of getting 82 games in in these amount of days. You're probably having two games a day, probably. So, I do like the 82-game thing. I do like the 82-game thing. I think that is probably the best solution for this. But did you see this thing that Bryce Harper put up on Instagram? No. His solution I've always thought Bryce Harper was a fucking knucklehead, but this is actually a pretty good idea. So he's got a, it's got a couple bullet points, so bear with me here. He said, you divide the league into East-West conferences, like it's done in NBA and NHL. You play 135 games from July 1st to November 15th. You have off days every two weeks. So you're playing, a, you're playing every day for two weeks, and you have, an, you have an off day. And then on Sundays, you play a seven-inning doubleheader, which is kind of interesting. You have 30-man rosters. Instead of the normal 26, you have four extra players you can, you can have. Six-man rotations instead of the normal five. Um, a 10-team round-robin playoff format at the end of the season. And you can play – he said he, he pitched a couple locations, Texas or Las Vegas. And then because we're going to be ending the season later than usual, he said push back opening date for, for 2021 back to May and then 2022 back to April. So then in 2023, you're starting a normal one. Obviously, there's some flaws in there, but I think that's all right. I just think that, like, why even fuck with the whole playoff thing and make it round robin? Because then that basically is just like throwing that whole the whole season out to dry. So you're saying, like, okay, this good idea. You're playing 135 games. Why not just keep the playoffs the same? Yeah, I still think the 135 is a bit much. I do. I don't think the season should end November 15th and then you shut the playoffs because that's a long. That's way too late. Yeah, you're cutting into, you know, football. Football season, assuming, think, knock on wood, it's going to fucking happen. Um, so I thought his idea was good, but I think we don't need to play the 135 games. Like, I do like the idea of the expanded rosters for injuries. and, and how, long, how long has it been since opening day was supposed to happen? Two months? A month? It was supposed to be, like, last week of March. So almost, almost two, months. two months. Yeah. I mean, and you're wanting to only cut down, like, 26 games? No. Yeah, I mean, 
I mean, I, I'm totally on board with starting July. So, like, I think our our idea is start early July, July, early July, 82 games, expanded rosters, host right? cities, regular playoffs, and we're good. So, host like pod cities, like the idea where you play the teams in your division and the opposite division from the other from the other league. Obviously, you're going to play more games against your division, right? So, like, if it's 82, yeah. I think 80, I think New York would be a great city because they have multiple baseball fields to use. Yeah, yeah, like professional baseball fields you could use. So, New York could be New York could be the East Pod, and then you could use Chicago because they have two stadiums, and then and you're LA. and you're close and you're close to Minneapolis. So, like, if you needed to use kind of close or yeah. Milwaukee, you're you're pretty close to Milwaukee. Yeah. So if you need to use Milwaukee, you can use Milwaukee. And I mean, then obviously close to St. Louis, probably closest to St. Louis. Yeah. I don't and know. Then, I don't know my Chicago geography. I don't know how close they are to Milwaukee. Yeah, but Chicago would make the most sense as the host city, the hub city there. Assuming two stadiums. The one hurdle there though is the governor, and I don't think they're going to open up sports because they've had they got they got hit pretty pretty bad. Yeah, their governor is softer than the fucking Charmin I wipe my ass with. Yeah, um, and then obviously California, like LA or even Arizona, because um, they have the spring training sites in Arizona they could use. That's true. So, I mean, there's a lot of different options for where you could host this shit at. So we just solved how to how to, and then obviously as terms of like this, like MLB is the most complicated one because you have to figure out like how players can get paid. ML, the NHL and, and NBA, they're pretty much already done with their season anyway. So it's, those are to me are easier solutions than, than major league baseball. But I feel like we just figured it out. Players take the half, take the half year cut. You're going to get your money next year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a it's winter time when temperatures go down the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them so don't risk a costly replacement stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the service guard appliance repair program from black hills energy it's peace of mind in a plan visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more you get hurt, you get hurt. It is what it is. And then for NHL and NBA, they're pretty much in the same exact boat. I don't think we need to split that up much. There is, there isn't. So let's talk about NHL because I have a more in depth plan for the NHL, and the and the NBA is very similar. So do you want do you want to start there? Sure. Travis Travis is running out running out his dog. So kind of kind kind of the same thing as Major League Baseball or anything. You fly all the players in, test them, quarantine them, blah blah, blah all that bullshit. I don't think. You don't, I don't think you finish the season. That's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you don't – you Because that's – that's there's like 10 or 11 games left. In the, you said NHL, right? Yeah. Because like – 11 games left. Yeah, because my, my opinion on that is we're going to have to have it at a central location. You're just flying more people in, more teams in. 
more chance of getting infected. The only thing that sucks is that all these players are going from not playing for three months to now they're going into the playoffs. So that's my thing. I don't think they go, they, they have a two week, a 14 day ramp up period training camp. If you want to have scrimmages against other teams, go for it. So you can get some like real live action experiences against your own team. Let the team set that up however they want. But you give them 14 days after everyone clears coronavirus testing to practice and do scrimmages. That's 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 my thought process on it. Yeah, because, I mean, there's what, 16 teams in the NHL playoffs? So I say you take off four. And I say you eliminate four teams and take it down to 12. But then uh, again, then you're doing the whole thing where you're fucking with the playoffs, and at that point you might as well not even finish the season. I, I disagree. I disagree because you you take out the teams that are not that great, the wild card teams. Like, okay, look at the L.A. Kings a few years back. They won. And then yeah. I mean, you can't do that unless you're going to put an asterisk next to the next to the Stanley Cup champion. That's just you have to keep it the same. Okay, for for hockey, I I think you keep it the same, but you have to shorten the first two rounds to series of five instead of seven. I mean, if you're going straight in the playoffs, I don't think it's that big of a deal. They'd be done early August. No way. Are you fucking high? Mid-August? Hockey playoffs are three months long. So if you're giving them a two-week ramp up, say, say they come back June 1st somehow miraculously. Two-week ramp period, we're starting in mid-June, July, August. They're going to be done in mid-September. But you're also not having the travel days, so that cuts it in half completely. So you're just going to have teams play back-to-backs then? I mean, you can play a day. You're not traveling. You go home, get rest, and you come back and you play the next day. Okay, I get that. I, I didn't think I didn't take that take that into account. Um, so my idea was to cut playoff teams, but I think we you're we're coming like don't cut playoff teams. Just you think the two week ramp up period's okay though? Like for them to come yeah, I mean they definitely need to get back in the swing of things because it's been a while. Shit, these hockey players. I mean, they're in good shape, but at the same time, a few of them are pretty big boys. So okay. they're probably sitting at their couch eating Twinkies all day. For sure. Uh, I think – and I was looking at, like, locations. And this, this – so this would come, like th- kind of throw a wrench into our Major League Baseball plan. But um, I think for the NHL, the, me- the most – the best uh, – the city that makes the most sense is New York City. That's where the NHL headquarters are located at. Got Madison Square Garden, Bark- Barclays Center – there's a, a place called Aviator Sports and Event Center that has two indoor ice rinks, perfect for practicing and scrimmages. Um, Belmont Park Arena, where the Islanders play. There's Staten Island Pavilion. You can also use Philly, which is like an hour and 45 minutes away. So I think New York City would make the most sense for like a host city for this. Yeah, I mean, it probably would, which it wouldn't really throw anything into our MLB plans because they're not playing in the same place. That's true. And I think there's enough hotels in New York. Cause my idea was like for each team to have their own hotel too. Yeah. I mean, they, they are set there and you could honestly, yeah. I mean, but that, then it's going to fuck up the NBA's proposal if the NHL takes that. So I, so we'll, so we'll get to the NBA, but so now, now we're talking about, okay, we're going to keep the playoffs the same. We're not going to shorten the series, which I think you really don't, not even the, not even just the first round to a series of five. I mean, I guess you could, but I just hate – I hate dicking with the playoffs because that is just like, okay, what? So this season's just different than the rest? In hockey, I get it because, like, yes, we have had – I say every, everything. It's the same thing. Fuck honestly. that. We'll talk about basketball in a second. But 
hockey, I get it. Like eight seeds have gone on to go to the Stanley Cup final, win the Stanley Cup. So I understand that. So anyway, we're talking about the season in maybe like mid to late September. So then you're talking about what is the impact going to look like for the 2021 or 2020, 2021 season? Because obviously it's going to impact it. So originally I had it where, where the season would end in like late August, early September. We're going to push back a couple weeks. I say you do a 90-day off season. 90-day off season. You shorten training camp to like a month. Short training camp and preseason to like a month and start the season in like early to late November. Cut it down to 62 games. Early, late November? You just said 90 days. That's three if, months. Not 90 days. Sorry. 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 Sorry, 60 days, 60 days. Okay, 60 but days. even then, if you're ending it at the end of September, October, November, a little bit of a training camp, then you got the holidays. You're probably not looking at a start till January. Well, I mean, it, it, in, in our scenario, that's, that's realistic. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to cut. So this season obviously didn't really get cut short. Next season's going to be cut in half. Not half. The, the January, you're probably, like, you're probably like 24 games in, I think. You're like 20 to 30 games. So maybe do like a 55 game season next year. I don't know. You're pretty close. I would say like 30, 35 games in. Okay. And they play 82 games. So 55 is probably a fair, fair number. Yeah. You'd be just, that'd just be a lot with the short off season. So, I mean, I don't, I don't like starting hockey next season that late, but if we're not ending, you got to give players some rest. They get banged up. There's well, yeah, I'm, there. I'm just saying if you're going to give them that short of rest, it probably needs to be a shorter season as well. Yeah, I think half is a little drastic, though. I don't think it needs to be cut in half next year. Yeah, maybe like, <laughs> like a third of the season, Jared's dogs are going absolutely haywire. Uh, maybe like a third of the season. So you play 66% of the games, which would be – Right at 55. Something like that. That'd yeah. be good. All right, NHL. Got that. Got it. Yay. Um, Jarrett was making a comment about how eight seeds have a chance in the NHL. I agree. The eight seeds don't really have a chance in the NBA, but then you start talking about just out automatically ruling them out. You're also ruling out the bonuses they might have in their contracts, things like that. So then Okay, if we, if we want to go, go down to that, like – assume it was a normal season just give those eight and seven seeds if they were to make the playoffs give them the, give them their playoff bonuses i don't think there's because like the nba always goes later like it starts a little bit later than the nhl and just for reference seven and eight seeds have beaten two and one seeds so seven seeds have beaten two seeds five times ever eight seeds have beaten one seeds five times ever so it's very very rare that that happens and if you look at the way the standings lie today, I don't see either seven or eight seed in, e- in either conference winning winning that winning that playoff matchup. Yeah, I mean it's just like it's just a very hard thing to judge. I get that, but I mean, just like I, I don't think I, I understand your your argument for them in the NHL because it has happened, but the NBA, it's like they if they had when they did win that, they never made it past the second round. So like. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, okay, what did we play the whole season for? Like, we, we played the whole season. We tried. We were on the playoff, on a playoff push there before the season ended, and now you guys are just going to say, oh, fuck it, it didn't matter. In my opinion, there's already too many NBA teams in the playoffs anyway. You don't okay. – more, more, more than half the league gets in. So to cut it down, cut it down by four teams to me isn't asinine. 
and you could still have your seven game series that way. I think I think they should keep it the same and now that you're not going to travel, these pussy ass NBA players can play more than one game every three days anyway. Yeah, because the NBA it's always not that way, on your body. They take way longer than the hockey. It is ridiculous. Games. I'm pretty sure there was a few games here and there last NBA playoffs where they played one game and they didn't play another game for three days. Yeah, it was it was insane. That's so, ridiculous. I don't know, man. You I just play back to back games in NBA and it's not gonna kill you, I promise. I would rather us I would rather the NBA come back if we're gonna, you know, throw in the eight and six seeds. I would rather them come back and finish the season and only include one through six than than just start off with one through eight. What? Why? Because then you can have playoff playoff seating changes and you know teams fighting for that. And I mean, I'm pretty sure the eight seed in the West was like you know an astronomical amount of games back um, from the seven the seven seed. It was like I'm looking it up right now. Like uh, and that's just my point. Like I, I just don't think they serve any purpose. Yeah, like the Magic and the Nets are the seven and eight seed in the East. And the Nets are the seven seed, and they're freaking fucking eight and a half. I mean, they back. have a losing record. Yeah, and then magic. Yeah, the only team I think you can make an argument for a seven seed that'll get cut out of the playoffs is Dallas in the West. Yeah, that fu- see that sucks. They're forty and twenty-seven, so yeah. pretty damn good record. They have fifteen games left, so theoretically, this they could go fifty-five and twenty. They could, they could, they could still get the two seed. Realistically, yeah. They could go 55 and 27 and then like with the hopes, obviously if they would have won out and they're like, Oh no, you don't make the playoffs now. So let's do that. So let's do that then. Let's have them come back, finish the season. And then when, then we take one through six in, in each conference, I think that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, it does, but at the same time, like the top six, the top seven, and the West are, are good teams, all of them. So then you're yeah. just like, I don't know. I'm, you're what, I'm not a fan. We're, just gonna, we're not going to make any decisions on what we do. I'm just not a fan of dicking with the playoffs and messing them up because for years to come and years how it's been, that's just messing shit up. Okay. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I just I, – I think – so however they do it, there's both ways. You can, you can take one through eight. You can come back, finish season, take one through six. Either of those are good options. Same thing as NHL. You test the players. You keep them in one location. I think Vegas makes sense for NBA. Because that's where they do summer league and stuff. Summer league. You have where the Vegas Knights play. You have Mandalay Bay. You have MGM Grand. All these places can be used to play. And there's obviously plenty of hotel options there for a team to get their own fucking hotel. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah. So – and again, you're in the same scenarios as the NHL. You come back, you're probably going to finish in like, you know, early September, late September. You're gonna have a, you're gonna have a shortened season next year. It is what it is, but you at least get to finish. So, I think the two drunk brothers just figured out how to how to bring sports back. It's pretty fucking simple, actually. You sit down and think about it. It's not. It is not that hard. Yeah. So, let us know what you guys' thoughts are about that. But with that being said. We're going to roll on to some uh, to a gentleman's game. Talk about a gentleman's game for a little bit. And that is the game of golf. And I'll let Travis kind of take this one away because he watched more of that skins match on Sunday than I did. And we'll talk about the golf match happening this weekend on Sunday. 
Yeah, so if you didn't watch that TaylorMade driving relief match on Sunday, which was Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, the number one player in the world and the former number one player in the world, versus Ricky Fowler Fowler and Matthew Wolf, who, by the way, Jerry, you probably haven't seen, has the most fucking swing in the entire world. I have never heard of this guy in – I believe you when I say I believe it when you say that, but I heard he fucking dicks on drives though. Dude, this dude just straight piss missiles down the field. Yeah. Like yeah. he I'm telling you, he has the ugliest swing. He like wiggles his body, puts the golf club straight up in the air like a baseball bat, and just pisses down the fairway 350 yards. All like, right. Blows my mind because you're playing against Ricky, DJ, and Rory, three of the best drivers on tour, and he outdrove both of them on longest drive. Holes. I was say, yeah, dude. When I was following the updates on Twitter, like I kept reading, like Wolf, you know, best drive on this hole, whatever, blah blah blah, like out, like clearly outdrives everybody else. So I want to ask you this: Is it better or worse than Charles Barkley's swing? Dude, I don't know. I want you to actually go look it up right now. Go look, go look up his swing. Isn't Adam, is, I almost said Adam Matthew Wolf. Wolf. Shout, shout out Mizzou. Matthew a, Wolf. W-O-L-F-F. Yes, I know. I remember Adam Wolf. <laughs> shout out Mizzou. Oh, basketball player. It is the most hideous thing. But whatever, man, it works. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to find some videos on it. Matthew Wolf swing. He has a, there's a swing analysis that's 58 seconds long. Should I watch that? Go for it. It's on YouTube. I don't know if you're able to hear because I'm playing it through my headphones, but I'll give you guys a play-by-play. And, of course, there's an ad on YouTube. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. regardless, while that loads up for Jared, I'll let him watch it. Um, it, was, it was a fun time, fun thing to watch because a lot of you people who probably don't watch golf, Jared, the look on Jared's face – how ugly is that? The guy breaking it down says, I love this swing. So much personality here. Yeah, it's about all he's, all he's got in it is personality. Starts in the back swing. Keep talking. But anywho. Uh, what the fuck? Sorry. All you, go- all you people who don't watch golf, this the event on Sunday and the event this Sunday will be the times to watch golf because – you're following one group the whole time. It's not bouncing around to other different people. Uh, so you'll be able to actually stay engaged in the match and what's going on, especially if you want to bet on it. Cause I know I've found myself betting on the masters and all these majors betting on these golfers and you see them like every other hole, every few holes, if they're a featured group. Meanwhile, you're watching this and it's like, okay, I get to watch them the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I might tune in for a little bit on Sunday, but uh, it's but just – I don't think we've even said what it is. This match is – I know. Up, can, we, can we talk about the money we won on Sunday? Oh, yeah, the money we won on Sunday. We needed it bad. Jarrett has been getting bent over the barrel and shown the 50 states. Since the draft. Since the draft since and the – Super Bowl. Since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Let's be honest, because you lost a lot of money on the Super Bowl, too. Um. Jared has anyway, let's not let's not throw let's not throw specifics. But either way, I had ten units on Rory and DJ, and went into extra, extra hole. Not even extra hole. It was the closest to the pin 
um, after hole 18 to win it. And Rory stuck it closer and Matthew Wolf saved me. Saved me. A lot of money. Save me. I had a hundo on it. Uh, It was pretty awesome to see. It was a fun thing to see. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. This upcoming Sunday, you have Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning versus Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And I am not a Tiger fan, but I hate Tom Brady. So it's like it was hard for me to bet on. Then I looked at it, and this is why I'm going to break it down for you. For those of you who are familiar with golf, I'm not even going to go and explain it because it'll take way too long. Handicap. Peyton Manning's handicap is a 6.4. Pretty damn good. And according to USGA, because you have to log all your rounds, his five most recent scores, 83, 88, 82, 86, 84. So over 6.4, it's looking right around like 10 to 12, 10 to 14 over. Not too bad. Tom Brady's handicap is an eight, but his five most recent scores are a 96, 86, 93, 83, and 85. So just, he is, for, just he's for frame of reference, when, she, when me and Travis went golfing last weekend, Travis would have beat Tom Brady four to five times. Yeah, but they're also playing at PGA-style courses, country clubs that cost hey, dollars. Hey, we played at a country club. Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to Lack. Yeah. Not a country club that probably has a $1 million freaking fee to join. So, but just to put it in perspective, Peyton Manning's has been golfing a lot better than Tom Brady. I think that Tiger's been golfing a lot better than Phil as, as of late too. Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to say which version of Phil or Phil. Tiger. Phil's pretty consistent most of the time, honestly. I think it's on. It's pretty much going to come down to Tiger and Phil, like. Peyton and Tom might contribute a shot here or there. I don't know if it is a scramble or if it's it a best ball. I don't know if it's best ball or what it is. Or if it's alternate shot, that could be something that makes it a little bit more. Yeah, because then you get down to like, okay, if we're going to go like, you're going to alternate tee shots, let's say Tiger and Phil tee off. Obviously, Phil's the better, better uh, driver than Tiger Woods is. In my opinion, he hits fucking piss missiles. But then you come down to like, okay, then if it's a par four, then, you know, Peyton and Tom have to hit the approach shots. And then you come down, then you go vice versa. Then if like, you know, if Peyton and Tom tee off 
And then, you know, obviously Phil and Tiger are going to have great approach shots. And out of, out of Peyton and Tom, who's the fucking better putter? So, I mean, it's just – it's going to be a crapshoot. Like, I was pretty sure I was going to hammer Peyton and, uh, and, and, and Tiger. I'm still going to bet on them, but I'm not going to probably do what I did on Sunday and do fucking 10 units on them. No, I think I'm going to hammer them because I don't think – I found myself rooting against Tiger Woods way too much in like big events, and I always hate it because the man, as much as I hate to say it, is clutch. Yeah, he is. He is. Hang on, I'm 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 reading the format now while I take a drink. You're fine. I mean, it's a, it's on. I wish it was on Monday because on more on Memorial Day weekend when I have Monday off, I want to spend Sunday out do outside doing shit. I wish it was on Monday. Cause like come Monday Memorial Day weekend, I just want to sit down and do fucking nothing, which is what I do on my normal Sundays. Yeah, I mean it's it's fun to watch on Sunday, especially if you're hungover, just wanting to be lazy and feel like a fat piece of shit sitting on the couch. It's pretty fun to watch. What so, is the format? What is the format here, guy? The format on the front nine is four ball, which is just regular, straight up, like straight up. I'm pretty sure whoever wins the whole stroke play, I think sometimes it's kind of confusing. Yeah. How do you deal with partners though? On one through nine, that's, I guess just best hole wins it. I'm sure. But. So the front nine is, so the front nine is basically Tiger versus Phil. I wouldn't say that because the amateur players, so Tiger and, or not Tiger, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning get three handicap strokes. Okay. One each on a par three, on a par four, and a par five. Holes to be identified haven't been identified yet. So they're going to get one handicap stroke on three holes. Well, that, so, makes, you feel, that makes you feel a little bit better about, about Peyton and, and, and Tiger then. Yeah, I mean, it really just depends how they play on that hole. And then there's a modified alternate shot on the back nine. So on every hole, each player – We'll play from the teeing area and then alternating shot, obviously, for those of you who don't know, it's yeah. how exactly how it says. Okay. Well, that'll be, that'll, that'll be interesting. The so back nine will be fun to see because say fucking Tom Brady drives, shanks it completely in the woods. Then he got Phil trying to hit a shitty ass shot. Yeah. Or, Tom Brady trying to hit it out of a sand bunker or something would be amazing to see. Yeah, it would be. So that'll be interesting. So that's golf. Travis will tweet out stuff later in the week. Um, Basically, just hammer Tiger and Peyton. That's what I'm. Yeah, doing. yeah. We'll 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 put the officials out. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because. A, it's free. B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, let it, let's roll into... The UFC. So obviously, big big congrats to Dana White and the UFC for putting on three events in seven days, um, giving us our first live American sports um, 
back since the coronavirus. So, I mean, big shout out to him. When I saw, his, yeah, I saw his press conference on Saturday, and the dude, like after the last event, he looked fucking exhausted. Like, I'm sure putting on three three fights, he normally puts on maybe a fight a weekend, and and he's not always at all of them. But to, so yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if he was exhausted or if he was just like ready to get his ass reamed by the uh, media about how bad that event was. The last one was the worst by far in terms of decisions because there were so many. Um, you know, leading up to that, UFC 249 and the fight on a Wednesday, you know, Smith uh, to, to Shara, there was a lot of like, you know, TKO stoppages. Saturdays were a lot of decisions. And that's when the UFC gets very crutched by their inefficient and ineffective scoring system. I don't think that there was really a problem until this past Saturday. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it not even really a problem until the fucking main card. If we want to yeah. talk about it, because but then you get to, then the main honestly a little bit before that too, because you got the Darren Elkins fight, which was an absolute horrendous. I went. In, I went. In. If you guys follow me on Twitter individually, I went fucking in on it. Like I was pissed. I mean, I get you're not going to judge the fight completely based on striking, but Darren Elkins led the fight in strikes, significant strikes, head shots, body shots. He had a minute more control, and he had a takedown. They but he, but, the fight but yeah, completely based on how his face looked. And he bleeds like that. If you guys have ever watched a Darren Elkins fight, he bleeds like that in every fight. You know why? Because he's a UFC veteran. Anytime your face, you get punched in the face over fucking 15 plus years of fighting, you get scar tissue built up. And what happens, like, Travis has a scar over his, is it your left eye? My right eye. Right eye. So if I were to go over and just barely, like, give Travis a little bit of an elbow over his right eye, that scar tissue he has built up is going to open up and it's going to start bleeding like a suck pit. Because yeah, that thing not be fun, and it's it's softer, and that's what they judge it on. And it pisses me off. And I've seen that's not the first fight I've ever seen that happen on. And the guy he fought, Nate Landwehr, can eat a bag of dicks. That guy is the biggest loser I've ever seen. Just give give him give him a fucking top. What, what they were what bantamweights, welterweights, lightweights. I think they're I think they're bantamweights. I don't know. I can't see you. Oh, featherweight. Featherweight. Okay, yeah. Good luck in the top fucking 15 of featherweight division. Go fight Bryce Mitchell, buddy. So let's, let's see how it fares for you. And then then we moved into the main card. Like, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. This might have been the worst card I've ever seen in UFC in terms of how it was called. It is a fight night, so they're not, they're not always the best. But And it's in Florida. Probably don't have a lot of fights there, so the judges are bad. But Marlon Vera, the guy who led off the main card, Got, got absolutely jobs. screwed. Absolutely screwed. Was a pretty big underdog for me. And who, and then who, who, who do you fought? He fought Song Yudong, right? Song, Song Yudong. Yeah. And I had, and I had Yudong. Yeah, and, you did. Right in your mouth. <laughs> and I disagreed with that wholeheartedly. Like I, the entire time I had a parlay with, with Yudong in it. And I'm like, this, I'm fucked. This is over. And then the decision came out. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, then we had another dis- – because there were four decisions on the main card. Then there's another one, Christoph Yatko and Eric Anders. Uh, this is one that should – yeah. This one was the least worst of the decisions, though. It still wasn't great because you cannot tell me that that Yatko guy that got pinned against the fucking fence the entire time 
somehow won that fight just because he outstruck Anders by like what 20, 30 strikes. Whoop! Do you? They it both. Would be, it would be different if Anders was doing something in the clinch against the fence, but he was just holding him. Like that, that's that's nothing. still that's still ring control though. And if you look at the ring control, it's five minutes, like twenty something seconds. And, Twenty-six. Okay. Still. But he outstruck him by over twenty-five percent of his strikes. I mean, he hit him in the head like almost triple the amount of times. But here, here, here's my thing. Like this is a this is an instance where I think UFC judges forget that a majority draw is is an option because you and I both watched Woodley Thompson, the first fight they fought, and that was ruled a majority draw. And if that was a fucking draw, then this was a fucking draw. So if there were if it was three. All three judges did 29-28 be different, but one of them did 30-27. Yeah. 30-27 so, in favor of Yako. Then we have a tie for maybe the worst decision on the card. Dan Ige versus Edson Barboza. Oh Absolutely God. mind-blowing, honestly. Um, again, Barboza knocked him down. Where, he knocked him down. One of those where Ige did outstrike him, but when you look at the fight in general – Barboza just looked better. He knocked him down. Say it. He, uh, I just, if I would look at the stats, I'd be like, yeah, I could see either one of them winning. But watching the fight, horrible. Next was the chick fight, Claudia Gadela and Angela Hill. Worst this one. Of the one night. Oh Worst my one goodness. And we and we both we both had we both had Gadela, who is a huge favorite, minus two twenty. And I was like, I don't know how she wins this. Somehow she she won it, but man, just four decisions that were not easy, but they fucked every single one of them up. Uh, yeah. Anders and Jotko, like you said, could have been a split decision. They fucked the three up badly. Yeah, Anders and Jotko honestly could have gone any of the three ways. Like, I was not surprised when I saw the Jotko one. I was a little pissed, but I wasn't surprised. It could have been a decision. It could have been, it could have been Anders. Their other three, I mean – I don't know. Horrible. It, it, and I get to, it. It leads to like, what can the UFC do? For not much. They have to. They, and I feel like it wasn't even addressed. They just there has to be something done because just people watching on it, and as much as betting has to do with modern day sports watching, it could ruin the sport. I don't think you could ruin it, but you, you notice like the further east they go, the worst, like the last card in New York when the doctor stopped that Diaz fight, Diaz Masvidal. I mean, I've seen New York fights get stopped super early. I think it's an East Coast thing because East Coast was, MMA is like a state-by-state state regulation. And the East Coast was like the last coast to really adopt it. They needed to keep their shit west of the Mississippi because they always seem to get it right. California is great. Vegas is great. Um, I've seen fights in Texas that have been great. Um, so they just really need to keep it west of Mississippi until the East Coast kind of figure out their shit on their sporting commissions and, and their refs and their judges, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just been – it's been so hard to watch for me as somebody who loves the UFC so much to just see it just go down the shitter. And I mean, because when it comes down to it, there's people's career on the line. Like, yeah, it really is. Bill, that was fighting Claudia Gadela. Gadela was the sixth ranked in their weight class. She wins. She's top 10. And now you got to think, oh, well, she's probably going to have to win two more fights to be top 10. Yeah, and, and when, you're, when you're a fighter, you don't have that time. 
You know, like that's a year. You, that's a year yeah. off your career. Yeah, you have limited time to do that. So I I totally get where, where you're coming from for that. I think they just need to stay west of the Mississippi. Dana White even addressed it. Like he was talking about his future cards, which I thought Woodley and Burns were supposed to fight this weekend. Um, next. But now it's May 30th. They don't know where. He's, he wants to have it happen at his Apex facility in Vegas, the UFC facility. But he said if they can't get it done there, they're going to go to Arizona because Arizona is open to sports again, um, which is right there. So I think he plans on keeping it west in the West Coast for now until this coronavirus shit dies down and or the East Coast figures their shit out with their, with their gaming commissions. I just hope that they are able to maybe start developing something along the lines of a judging based system to where it can be more like defined rather than strictly opinionated. And, and like I told you, like I told Travis this when we were texting on the fight on Saturday, like UFC isn't the first combat sport to deal with this, like combat sports and the scoring system when it goes to the judges has always been broken boxing. If you want to talk about sport, that's, been ruined by decisions. Boxing has been ruined by decisions. Um, and I don't, I don't want to say the UFC is trending in that direction, but it kind of is. So, But they also have a lot more knockouts than the boxing does now, so I think they're in a little bit better shape. Um, but that's the UFC. We love it. We're going to look forward to it coming more. Um, you got a match. We got a, we got a match next weekend on, on May 30th. Um, and then, obviously, UFC 250 is going to be happening um, soon in, in, in June. So, with that being said, we're going to round out the episode. We're going to do play UFC Matchmaker. So, obviously, there's a lot of fights that are going to be happening, and we're going to play Matchmaker, essentially. Like, you know, past for, next – yeah. For which divisions? All of, Any of them? You can pick five. I, I picked five fights that I want to see happen this summer slash fall. Uh, because really, past – Next weekend, and there are some bouts scheduled for UFC 250. I know um, Amanda Nunez is defending her belt. I know Cody Garbrandt's going to fight on the fight. Um, but past that, we really don't know what's going to happen. So we're going to play UFC Matchmaker. Fights we want to see happen this summer. They can be title fights. They can be just Joe Blow's fight in the UFC fight night. But fights we want to see and we think should happen within the next four to six months. So between – um, now, and I guess six months from now would be October-ish. So between, between now and then, when hopefully the world's back to normal. So Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. I have my five written down. Do you want me, do you want me to, kick, to, to, to kick it off? Yeah, go for it. All right, my first fight that I think needs to happen for the UFC 
is D Steve, uh, Daniel Cormier, Steve Miocic three um, for the heavyweight title. Obviously, Steve Miocic um, KO Daniel Cormier in the fourth round and in their last fight to take back the heavyweight title that was taken for him by DC. They're one to one. I think they. I think it needs to happen. I mean, and then the winner know? fights in Ganu. I think so. Yeah, and Ga- I mean, and it sucks for me because I really think Ganu deserves a title fight. Like I think he does, but. These two guys have been there forever. They're one to one. They have to fight each other. Do you not? Do, do you agree with that? Oh no, I think because I mean, yeah, best of three. Might as well go for it. Could honestly be DC's last fight. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to because the dude does not want to fight a fourth fight against John Jones. No, not going to happen. So this this could be Stipe's last or Danny Daniel Cormier's last fight. What? better chance to have it against Stipe. If he wins, he can maybe fight Ngannou if he wants to. If he loses, <laughs> loses then Miocic can fight Ngannou for the second time, right? Yes, the second time. Yep. Yeah. All right, like that one. Mine uh, would be, I would like to see featherweight fight Alexander Volkanovsky versus Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Yes, I love that. That would be a very good fight. Zabit, third ranked Got Max Holloway and Brian Ortega in front of him, but I think Volkanovski already beat Holloway. So, so Zabit's done all he can to get up there. I think he earned that title fight. I think it'd be a fun one to watch. That'd be awesome. And the just the sheer size difference in those two dudes. Like, look at I'm pretty sure Zabit's over six foot tall for a 145 pounder, and Volkanovski's like five nine. I'll, I'll look up. I'll look up Zabit. Oh, my keyboard's not working. Of course, it's not. Um. There it goes. I'll look up Zabit. You look up uh, Volkanovski, how tall he is. Well, unfortunately, on UFC's website, they measure it in just straight inches. So do you want to do the math for me? I got I got Zabit at six foot one and a half. And Alexander Volkanovski is five foot six. Yeah. So that would be a very large difference. And Zabit can wrestle. So while he is linky and big that'd just be a really good fight i think you could take it yeah i mean that that would be super fun three to the champion i mean you see that happen all the time you see that happen all the time so i actually love that love that fight my next one is gonna be kamaru usman versus jorge masvidal for the that was was gonna be my next one too so yeah i mean it has to happen yeah it does i mean you cannot like Masvidal is probably the hottest fighter in the game right now. Last year he beat Darren Till, Ben Askren in five seconds, and beat Nate Diaz, um, all in one year. So not give him a title fight, a title shot would be you know highway robbery. For sure. I mean, yeah, that's the only person that deserves a title shot in that division right now. So why it was going to be on my list. My next one is a mother son of a bitch. Uh, I closed out my tab on accident. Oh. <laughs> um, so you have two. I, I have two. So you, you're going with your third one. Yeah, it comes in the middleweight division title fight. Well, I, 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 bet you, I bet you have the same one. Maybe. It's going to be Israel Adesanya and Paulo Costa. Yep. Paulo yep. Costa, 13-0. He's second ranked. He is just a beefy boy. Like He's he huge. He looks good for the vision he's in. And Adesanya is uh, just kind of like a skinny, scrawny, lanky. Spring bean. Very good fighter, but it'd be a good one to see. 
I think so too. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I don't know why Romero got a title shot before Costa because Costa beat Romero. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense. I, I, I know Costa got hurt in that Romero fight, which is why he didn't get it. So maybe they both had time off. Adesanya and, and Romero was like February, right? March. Yeah, I think it was before all this shit happened. So January or February, I thought. Yeah, so both plenty of time. Let's get them on the fucking next card. They're both uh, foreign fighters, so it would have to be on Fight Island. So maybe the first Fight Island card, Adesanya Costa. Maybe. So let's get it. I, I like that. So we both have three now. I'm going into my fourth one. Mine is going to be Bryce Mitchell versus anyone in the top 10 in the featherweight. You know he's still not ranked in the, in the featherweight division? Who makes these rankings? I don't fucking know. I don't know. But I think you give Bryce Mitchell a shot versus anyone in the top 10. And I was looking at the top 10 in the featherweight. I think maybe give him a Jeremy Stevens or even the guy who beat Stevens, uh, Calvin Guitar. Um how is Those, Jeremy Stevens ranked eighth? The dude has lost like the most fights in UFC history. <laughs> dude, I don't know. But why he is not ranked still is beyond me. I think you give him a shot against anyone in the top ten. Give him even put him up against a striker because he's a wrestler, he's a submission guy. You know, give him Stevens or, or, or Qatar, and I think he's gonna muff the fucking floor with him. I'm so. not kidding. I read a stat earlier today that Jeremy Stevens has lost the most fights in UFC history. Really? He's twenty eight and nineteen. Holy fuck. But, I mean, don't you agree that, like, that would be great to see? I think Bryce Mitchell – I know he just fought, but I think he could turn around and fight again in, in three months. He could probably fight in July easily. Yeah, I mean, the dude is an animal. He would he would love nothing but that. I mean, that division he could mow through up to the top five easily. Yep, yep. Easily. Um, love that one. Let's see here. My next one is going to be – a, I wasn't gonna do a chick fight, but no, not a lot of people care about chick fights. Because well, you, you have you have Amanda Nunez and you have um, the other girl who's dominated who dominates the other division. The, the, I think it would be great to see Valentina Shevchenko versus Amanda Nunez. At at what weight though? I think you try to do a catch weight because Nunez is a little bit heavier. Well, she's the 145 and 135 champion, so Shevchenko's the 125 champion, right? So maybe do like a maybe do like a 130. Yeah, because I don't or maybe maybe just have Shevchenko bulk up to 135. I mean, that's not that that's like Amanda Nunes's floor, bro. I mean, I remember unless seeing you want to have unless you want to have Wiley Zhang and Amanda Nunez fight. No, because Wiley or no, because she's strawweight. Never mind. Uh, I would maybe maybe Zhang and Shevchenko. Yeah. That one. But no, not a lot of people know about Zhang. She's That's a beast. What I'm saying Shevchenko and Nunez, maybe Shevchenko can can bulk up and fight. Because she's been talking all the snack about how she wants to fight Henry Cejudo. Yeah, that that'd be dumb. When he retired, she was like, Why you want to retire? Come fight me. What so do you think he's actually retired though? Absolutely not. He's yeah. going to come back. He just wants more money, which he's I don't think. He's a shit talker. I mean, Connor did it fucking four years ago. So. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he'll get his money because Dana was not happy when he said he was retiring. <laughs> no, I mean, he's a two-way champion. Because if you, if you retire Henry Cejudo, you might as well retire the fucking Bantamweight division. Mm. Flyweight, flyweight. 
the 125. No, he, he he's the 125 and 135 champion. He's flyweight and bantamweight champion. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying there's not very many people in the bantamweight that are like title contending worthy fighters. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So, yep. So you're going to go with Nunez and Shevchenko, which would be a great super fight. Um, but the only thing that sucks though is Nunez supposed to fight on 250 against I can't I think it's Felicia Spencer. Yeah, she's fighting Felicia Spencer at 250. Um, so I guess that'd have to be later in the summer or like early fall. But still a good one. Felicia Spencer. Yeah, she's fighting. Yeah, Nunez is fighting Felicia Spencer at 250. Even she's not even ranked. There's two. There's two different weight classes. I think it's for the uh, the the featherweight. Division. Featherweight. Oh, uh, they don't have rankings for featherweight then yeah they do are you on the ufc's website yeah they don't have them it's probably at the very bottom but like very very at featherweight so as a man nunez champion no rank okay 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 so. so my my last fight i mean we have to this guy's expressed he wants a fight on fight island because he has to because he's foreign it's kind of mcgregor and i think i don't think we're gonna see khabib fight anytime soon because his dad's in the hospital and some shit. He's in Russia, um, and he's doing whatever right now. He should maybe uh, pick up table tennis. Yeah, fucking. I ha- I hate that guy, so I'll just bite my tongue on that before I say something super bad about Russians. Um, McGregor Gaethje, I think I think that's the fight to make. Because I don't think Gaethje's going to get Khabib until like late fall, bro. Because he's in the middle of what's the fucking shit that uh, Muslims practice when they fast for like thirty days or whatever. Um, he's Not in the middle. Down, is it? I don't know, but he's in the middle of it right now. And now his dad's in the hospital with coronavirus. So, and it, which is who's his wrestling coach? It's Ramadan. So, yeah. So Bam, he, uh, good. What yeah. do you mean being all cultured? <laughs> so he's in the middle of that right now, and his dad's in the hospital with for coronavirus, and who's his wrestling coach? So if he dies, I see him taking uh, extended time off from the sport, which Dana should strip his title and give it to Gaethje. That's my opinion. Um, but I think you just do McGregor Gaethje. Like for, for for the interim title, winner gets Khabib later on in the fall. Do it in July on Fight Island. Gaethje ready by then because that's you know almost three months rest. That's plenty of time to get over it. So I say you make it happen. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, we all want to see McGregor fight again. Gaethje looked incredible against Tony Ferguson. Holy so hell, man! That would be a good just straight face pounding matchup. <laughs> I'd be. I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I'm scared for anyone that steps in the ring with Justin Gaethje right now. He seems like. Do you see him in the like? The guy seems goofy. Like, like, a, just like a, just a half step slow. Like, no shit. Like, he get punched in the head all the time. <laughs> I mean, he's in this corner in the fourth round, and his and he's like all fucking pumped up because he's winning the fight. And his in his head corner man was like, "Get Justin, calm down." Remember what happened when he got too excited two times before? Yep, yep, yep. I lost. I lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go my fifth fight, my favorite fighter, probably maybe the best pound-for-pound pound fighter ever, John Jones. And, I mean, really, he's fought everyone in this division. But his last two fights and have been questionable. Other than Jan Blanchowitz. I think that's the next guy he has. So I just want to see the man fight. I don't care who he fights. Dominic Reyes, he won it. He did it in Tyron Woodley fashion where he held on to the fight like he had to. Tiago Santos, the dude tore everything in his leg he could have. But I think that was more of like he knew that he tore it and maybe it was one of those 
or he didn't want to destroy him. Kind of like how Overeem didn't want to absolutely face fuck Walt Harris. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, he could have. I I love the Jones. I think because I think Ian Blankwitz is the best knockout artist in, in that division. I because I do not want to see John Jones versus Francis and Ganu. That's just too big of a difference. I mean, why? Why is what? What's he doing? I don't know, man. I think he just wants a big payday. I think he just wants because, dude. I get on Twitter and all these people just throwing shit at John Jones. I think he's just like, whatever. I can do it. So he the wants one, to, the, man. So if he can, if he can get, so look at uh, Google it right now. Look at uh, John Jones for the Ovin Saint Peru fight. Dude, just go look at him when he's fucking doing that. Let me see if I can find it real quick. What do you mean? Dude, he was jacked. I mean, absolutely fucking yoked. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dude, he was, a, he was huge. Yeah. So he said that he is going to try to get back to that, like, stature and beef and with with a little bit more beefiness to catch weight at 240 with Ngannou. But dude, that that you're I don't think Ngannou can cut 25. Ngannou weighed 265 when he fought at 249 at heavyweight and he was cut. I don't think he can cut another 25 pounds. I mean, it's just like Ngannou's a big boy. I think less of this last fight where he fought two Saturdays ago about how Impressive he is, rather than how not impressive Rosenstrike was. Because if you look at it, Ngannou's just throwing blank fists in the air, just trying to catch one of them. One, he landed one of six punches, and the one knocked him out. But that's my thing. His power is so unmatched and raw. It's but that dude, that dude fucking charged in on him like he was going to fight him. John yeah. Jones would not do that. Yeah, no, he wouldn't. But I still don't want to see it because I don't want to. I, I don't want to root against John Jones, but I actually love Francis Ngannou, and I eventually want him to be like. I, I love Stipe. I'm going to root for Stipe every time he fights DC. But if Stipe ever fights Ngannou again, I'm rooting for Ngannou because I want to see him be a champion because I think he's just a phenomenal fighter. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be uh, some fun. It'll be an interesting summer. A fun few weeks to see coming up. You know what we got going on sports wise, unless something breaks within the next week, I think we're going to do an episode two weeks from now. Well, I'll be, yeah, we could probably do it. I guess it would be, yeah. Me and you can talk about it, but that's around my anniversary. So that's fine. We figured out, but there's not going to be enough to go on for an episode next week. Uh, just like I said, unless something breaks and we hear, you know, the MLBs resuming, then we'll do it. MLB, or NHL or NBA is resuming, then we could do a postseason show. Um, that or we could start. I mean, we could also start doing our fucking NFL division previews. Yeah, that'll have to come probably sooner rather than later. Yep. Uh, but just stay tuned for no episode next week unless something breaks. Other than that, and it's Memorial Day. And it's Memorial Day. Don't get drunk. We have off on Monday, so. We're going to enjoy our drunken weekend. My wife's making fun of me, so whatever. Whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, well, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let us know what you guys think about our plans to resume sports. Um, Who you want to see fight in the upcoming UFC fights. Even if you're an amateur fan, just got into it. So I'm sure they gave you some fans this weekend. Let us know who you want to see. 
So uh, y'all enjoy it, and uh, we'll see you on, on, on the other side. Peace. When in the blue, walk around the neighborhood Feeling blessed, never stressed Got that sunshine on my Sunday best Hey, every day can be a better day despite the challenge All you gotta do is leave it better than you found it It's gonna get difficult to stand but hold your balance I just say whatever cause there is no way you're bound Everyone falls down sometimes But you just gotta know it'll all be fine It's okay It's okay, it's okay. Hey, feeling good, like I should. When in the blue, walk around the neighborhood. Feeling blessed, never stressed. Got the sunshine on my Sunday best. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.